Today on The Topping Show, Trump indictment suspended, TikTok CEO on Capitol Hill, Rolls-Royce kills their V12 engine, Toyota CEO says hydrogen is the future, YouTube kid app is under scrutiny, New York Democrats want to tax Netflix to pay for the MTA, and a Nissan dealership says only they are qualified to work on your vehicle. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN helps protect your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner or if you're an IT leader, use a little assistance. Reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, jumping into the business part of the podcast, TikTok execs were called to Capitol Hill recently. TikTok CEO Xiao Chu was called specifically, and Republicans asked him several questions. In particular, they asked if he agreed with China's persecution of the weaker Muslim population in their concentration camps. Of course, he said that's not in his purview, and he conveniently just said, we're a platform. You can post anything on our platform, which is true for the somewhat for the American version. Now, the TikTok COO, or Chief Operating Officer, Vanessa Papas, later said that the congressional hearing felt like it was, quote-unquote, felt rooted in xenophobia, which has said so much it's lost all meaning. Granted, the definition is a fear of a stranger or foreigner. Now, the CEO Xiao would not answer the question of, did their parent company have access to American citizens' data? They claim that in the future, it's going to be all hosted on local resources, specifically IT infrastructure resources and storage capabilities. They noted that they might be partnering with Oracle, which is a California-based tech company, pretty big. Everyone knows them, and they've got a fairly sizable cloud as well, which is a wise man that said there is no cloud. It's just someone else's servers or storage, which is true. It would be stored on Oracle servers if that's how they choose to go forth. Now, both Republicans and Democrats have criticized the Chinese-owned social media company for violating the data privacy of Americans as well as targeting children. And somewhat interestingly enough, TikTok basically complained that, hey, everyone else is doing it. Why are you outing us specifically for not protecting customer data and targeting kids? Which is a pretty darn low bar when someone accuses you of something when you, your response is, well, everyone else is doing it. It's something kids do normally, not a CEO of one of the largest tech companies on the planet. And again, the big issue with this TikTok particularly is that it's not owned by an American company. It's owned overseas by a Chinese parent company, which we use, let's all be honest, they all partner heavily with the government. Now, the US entity of TikTok wants to distance itself from China, but Beijing is now stepping in and Specifically, China would, quote-unquote, strong oppose a forced sale of TikTok from its Beijing parent ByteDance. This is from the Chinese Ministry of Communication spokesman Xu Juting, or uh, Juting, apologies. So it's one of those things where BitDance is really the parent company that, that's where a lot of concern is coming from. Because you have TikTok American entities, you have American employees of TikTok, but you have the parent company owned overseas and all the data is being mixed together and you have a lot of interesting things happening with certain censorship not only with people but also political candidates as so it could be skewing a lot of people's views and not being very open or transparent it'll be interesting to see how this progresses as 
so many people are addicted and to using the app, consuming the app, and a lot of people do use the app to advertise their business as well as their self. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe the U.S. government forces a sale, which realistically, with so much scrutiny, it's one of the few times where D.C., Washington, they're actually teaming up the left and the right. Because a lot of them are seeing that TikTok is a security issue, as well as some would say perhaps a mental health issue with the way it's programmed to target kids to be addictive, as well as doesn't teach them good, proper morals and values. Was, I think that's the biggest concern is TikTok in China, in contrast, the children edition, they have a time limit. They also have to have parental approval, and it actually teaches kids about, it glorifies roles in science, technology, mathematics. So it actually incentivizes kids and pushes kids in the direction that those are cool things to be when you grow up. Now in the US, TikTok has started to introduce some features such as parental functions as well as time limits, but it's only now that they're rolling out those features. And it's because there's been so much more pushback and scrutiny against the technology. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Now, Toyota CEO says hydrogen is the way forward. The new CEO is Koji Sato, who is actually he recently took over for the grandson of Toyota, Akio Toyota, which is T-O-Y-O-D-A. So fun little business fact is Toyota is a family name, but they renamed they named the company Toyota. Now, Koji was the former president and leader of Lexus, which is Toyota's luxury brand. And Lexus was a lot more invested in the electrical transformation as many businesses are in the industry. Now, interestingly enough, the new CEO, Koji, thinks that hydrogen is the way forward when it comes to carbon neutrality. He noted that they need a diversity in their powertrain and uh, tech investments. He would like to see their fleet be a mix of ICE engines, which is internal combustion engine, the traditional one you grew up with, as well as hybrid and hydrogen. Now, it seems like the electric drivetrain was mostly engineered under the Lexus brand. Now, Toyota, they do have the Mirai, M-I-R-A-I, which is a hydrogen-based platform. That vehicle is right now only being sold in California with the big catch 22 of every new technology when it comes to automotive is how do you fuel these vehicles? Right now, California has a much more laid out and already proven path and proven distribution for hydrogen. So the starting sale price is $50,595 with a maximum range of 402 miles. So the range is actually pretty impressive. That's more than what most people would need. So it's getting more and more comparable to a traditional combustion engine. Now, that being said, since it's only sold in California, the actual sample size is pretty small. They sold 2,094 of the units in 2022. Granted, if they can solve, the biggest issue with hydrogen technology is the cost and logistics behind producing it, transporting, and the, producing it as well as transporting it throughout the U.S. That's why people thought Nikola was such a brilliant revolutionary technology because that company, which turned out to be smoke and mirrors and vaporware, which is a pejorative term for technologies that never really existed. It just, you sold it as something, but that never really did. Now, their founder claimed that they had a magical new technology to make hydrogen cheaper, which, again, is what you need for mass adoption. You need to decrease the cost of production, make it easy, make it cost less, and decrease the cost as well, production as well as distribution of the product. And that's why a lot of people invested heavily into that sham. We now know it was a scam, and a lot of people got burned, unfortunately, in those investments, and the founder was later ousted. But if Toyota can maybe, they're working with a couple heavy industries, including Kawasaki and uh, Subaru. There's a lot of partnerships in that regard to build out the hydrogen technologies. 
And for years, it's been a way for people to think to keep the internal combustion engine com uh, keep going, so to say. And a lot of people, enthusiasts, really appreciate the traditional bang bang of an automobile. Now, interestingly enough, this is going against the grain as every other automotive company seems to be going all into EVs. You have General Motors, which actually has a goal of being fully electric by 2035, regardless of if the U.S. can actually support that from an infrastructure perspective, which it can't. It can't now. It won't. It'll be interesting to see how it happens in the future. You have rolling blackouts famously throughout California when they're at their peak, and they want to be fully electric as well. So it'll be interesting to see even if everyone does go fully electric for the vehicles, how will you power them? And that's going to be the new bottleneck in the technology. Now, on that note, Rolls-Royce is killing their iconic V12 engine. Now, the Rolls-Royce Wraith Black Arrow Coupe will be the last Rolls-Royce of the V12. The Black Arrow actually references to a 1930s vehicle called the Thunderbolt. The Thunderbolt was an eight-wheel vehicle with two Rolls-Royce V12 airplane engines. And that vehicle in 1938 sent a, it set a land speed record of 357.497 miles per hour, which is astonishingly impressive. And a lot of people don't realize Rolls-Royce for the longest time was a aerospace manufacturer. They made airplane engines. And actually they still do, but the two companies actually divested from each other. So the two brands are no longer the same. They used to be the same company making those awesome airplane engines as well as the vehicles. Unfortunately, since then, they've split. Now, the, the Rolls-Royce Wraith Black Arrow Coupe will have a unique gradient colored paint job to match the Thunderbolt, which if you look online, it looks pretty impressive. The Wraith Black Arrow Coupe has 211 fiber optic lights in the ceiling, which is even more impressive and interesting when you see that it's actually aligned in the ceiling to have the star constellations and arranged so that it's the same way the sky would have been if you looked up in 1938 on the date they set the record. And Rolls-Royce have had this, they've had this pretty unique capability, or I don't know if you want to call it a feature or an add-on, or it's an interesting thing to you have your vehicle, you actually have the constellation however you want in the ceiling, and they'll really arrange all the little fiber optics, so it looks exactly like that. And of course, unfortunately, after the death of the Rolls-Royce Wraith Black Arrow, it will be replaced with a electric powertrain vehicle called the Spectre. Rest in peace, the legendary Rolls-Royce V12. It's a sad chapter in the automotive community. Hopefully, you'll be able to make a comeback sometime in the future. Perhaps when we're not lithium, or who knows what might happen. Now, going into the culture section of the podcast, which also pseudo business, you have YouTube Kids under scrutiny. So, the YouTube Kids app is supposed to be an app controlled and more of a safer environment for parents who want to have their kids on their phones and using YouTube, which I see no reason why they should. Unless they want to watch this show. I'm kind of kidding. Now, YouTube has a very particular set of rules that determine if your content qualifies for that. And unfortunately, more and more throughout the years, there's been a trend of people finding more and more inappropriate things. Now, in particular, one story noted that a mother was letting her two-year-old watch Thomas the Tank Engine, which I was going to say, stop right there. You're letting a two-year-old with a smartphone? Why? Get a book. Get a toy. I'm a little old-fashioned that way, perhaps. Now, Hilariously and horrifyingly enough, it ended up being a parody of Thomas the Tank Engine, but it was on the YouTube channel for kids. And it later in the video, so it was all nice, the usual animation you expect from Thomas the Tank Engine. And then it later said, he will quote unquote, kill the lot of you, 
which if you're two-year-old, that's going to scare the crap out of a lot of two-year-olds. So obviously it doesn't belong in that section of YouTube. And this has been a trend. Actually, back in 2019, attention was drawn to YouTube when a doll named Momo encouraged kids to self-harm. Which, again, was another YouTube video in the kids section that shouldn't be. So a continuing, continuing trend of do not let or do not trust tech companies to parent your kids and do your job for you. It's one of those things where more and more people are relying on technology, which can be a tool for certain, but it's also one of those things where why, why do you ever trust someone else with the content of what your child is consuming is beyond me. And you also live in a day and age where, especially with digital media and you have all these new technologies, you have the deep fakes coming out, you really don't know what you're getting. Someone can go in, I mean, it used to be a cliche back in the day when you had stuff like Blockbuster, people would rent a VHS, VHS tape and halfway through a standard movie, they'd actually insert scrupulous content in there as a joke. And that way the next person who watches it, they're watching a regular movie and then you see it. So this is like that on steroids on a whole nother level because now it's even easier thanks to technology. So I always tell folks, if you actually do want to have your child consume entertainment, I would stick to the traditional, traditional media that you already know and trust. Think of a VHS tape that you've already seen, a DVD that you've already seen, Blu-ray, pretty much any hard media. When I say hard media, it's not connected to the internet. It's, it's a static piece of technology where the only way to actually maliciously change that media is to actually have someone touch it, which if you're fit, it's just in your home. The odds are pretty slim to none. And of course, you always want to actually check out the content before you actually let them consume it. it one of those things I used to think my parents were being, you know, completely outlandish to check those websites actually had parental reviews. And now I'm thinking with more and more content. I mean, that's got to be a big battle as a parent, but you have to be invested in actually filtering the appropriate content for your kids, making sure it actually has some succulent some type of morals and values, ideally with the ones you agree with, before they actually just consume it. So a bigger culture issue is don't let the computers raise your children, raise them yourselves, and then use technology if and when appropriate as a tool, not as a replacement. Also, just read a book. It's one of those things where it's not gonna kill you, unless there's a blunt instrument. And even then, the odds are pretty slim. It's not like there's John Wicks around every corner. Nevertheless, going on to the politics part of the podcast, the Trump indictment was suspended. Now, the Manhattan District Attorney, Alan Bragg's office, canceled the grand jury meeting that was scheduled to take place last Wednesday as part of an investigation into former President Donald Trump's Stormy Daniel case, in which allegedly Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniel's hush money of $130,000 to not tell the world that she slept with him, which is ironically enough because someone like Trump would... You, People who her, you, people who look like they do, usually don't. Usually, the brag is, is on the other foot, so to say. Usually, Trump, someone like him, would be bragging about that. She wouldn't be bragging about it, but she actually wrote a book about it that three people might have bought. Goes back when I was saying, don't let your kids read that book, even with books, proofread them. Nevertheless, going back to this situation, many have referred to Alan Braggs as Soros back, uh, George Soros backed, in reference to the political donor George Soros, which is hilarious when. I always tell people, it's on the left and the right. A lot of people say, you know, the Koch brothers are evil because they're big Republican donors. But yeah, there's big, there's big donors on every side of the aisle. George is specifically more 
active in political campaigning and donating when you look at where the money goes, but it's not unique to one side. So I always tell people, don't worship the left or the right, make up your own damn decision and just look into these things. Now, the prosecutors were having some difficulty convincing the jury to actually bring it to a trial. And I think a lot of people on the left are realizing this is kind of backfiring because to give Trump credit, he actually did raise money off this issue, which if you're put in a precarious situation, you should always you should try to make the best out of it. Now, interestingly enough, he apparently raised $1.5 million in three days from this situation. And he communicated with his fans that he might be arrested due to this. And it's kind of leaked that he didn't want any special treatment. So if he were to get arrested, he told him he wanted to have the full pop and circumstance or show where you do have being put in cuffs. And it's no surprise this is actually gaining him some support under his current incumbent fan base. This is very reminiscent of when the FBI raided his home in Mar-a-Lago for the secret documents. Spoiler alert, every other politician on the left and the right, they had they had secret documents, but they didn't have that type of brute force search for those documents. And when that happened, Trump pointed out that he was the only politician being treated in that light, in that way. And his approval rating above among his constituents, the people who have supported him, increased. And he's able to, again, raise campaign funds and rile up the base. Granted, if you do want to win presidency, I would try to focus most of his energy on the middle of America or the, the people who are independent voters, because that's what you're going to need to win. You didn't win last time based on your current incumbent base. It was, the numbers weren't there. It wasn't enough. So this might be helping him with the current actual people who support him, but It'll be interesting to see if this is actually getting additional support. Now, other interesting political news, New York Democrats want to tax Netflix, Uber, and other things at 4% in, in order to fund their MTA. And a lot of people don't know these terms mean because whether it's government, IT, or sports, or whatever hobby you're into, there's always, there's always acronyms because people want to sound smart and fancy and special. Which is why I always try to break it down because who the heck has time to memorize all these acronyms. So MTA stands for Metropolitan Transportation Authority, which is another fancy way of saying those really nice quality buses and trains that you see throughout the cities. I say that very sarcastically, because more often than not, they are not in great shape, depending on where you live, granted. Now, they, the politicians claim that that would net them $100 million, which is how every tax is always pushed or pitched. It's like, if you just tax a little bit, it'll get so much more. It's like, or not, it'd be nicer if you just you cut a little bit from your budget, you decrease that, and that would help everyone in the aggregate. So just why, why would we reverse that tax trend? That'd be kind of nice. People are kind of hurting these days. Although politicians won't notice, it's hard to seem. Now, this translates into you paying for things you're not using, which is true. Now, the New York MTA needs $600 million this year and at least $1.2 billion in 2024 to balance its books because they lost so much business during COVID. There's also a lot of crime in New York subways, so I wouldn't recommend going on them anytime soon. And most of the people, so it's just astonishing. You're not using the service, but they still want to, they still want to prop up this unprofitable, unappealing service. For what reason? I guess you can maybe argue job guarantees for the public sector in that regard, or it's just one of those things where you're having a lot of people who aren't really going to benefit from it. Now, other scams, I mean ideas um, for raising money are having fees on package delivery services and an Uber. And of course, 
a lot of Republicans use this talking point, but there's a reason they use it. They say these businesses aren't going to absorb the cost. They're going to pass it down to the consumer because a lot of them don't have the profit margins, especially when you have companies like Uber. And so the Uber rep actually confirmed that the cost would be passed on to the consumer. Now, they want to do this instead of increasing the cost of the MTA fare. So instead of actually increasing the cost of the thing that you're trying to sell, they want you to pay for it. So instead of the cost of the subway increasing going up, they're just going to tax you on these other things. That's their idea. They want to tax you on the things you do use to pay for the things you don't want to use. And this is also coming off a, another controversial idea from Gov New York Governor Kathy Hochul. She had the idea to increase payroll taxes. And that was her idea to attempt to raise the $700 million to bail out the MTA, which is yet another frivolous tax that income, it hurts a lot of businesses. And of course, businesses can only absorb so many of those costs before they go out of business or they go, in, they go into the negative. So it's just taxes upon taxes upon taxes. A lot of people don't realize how many taxes there are when you start a business. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have a Nissan dealership putting their own custom sticker on the Nissan vehicles saying you're not smart enough to use it. So this is a Nissan, Nissan dealer in British Columbia known as Jonker Nissan. And they put this big giant yellow sticker under the hood and under the hood, it actually says, do not open your hood to strangers. Extreme care is needed. Not just any technician can repair or repair factory can perform verse, um, service on your vehicle. This vehicle is designed with the latest and most sophisticated engineering and sophisticated technologies. Only us can work on it. So it's basically a fake warning sticker from Nissan, but it's not from corporate. It's almost designed to trick people because it just and scare people so and it's a nissan it's not a bugatti or a lamborghini aventador it's any third any reputable third-party mechanic should be able to take care of this this is just deceptive disgusting practices of an automotive dealership trying to scare you into thinking only a nissan dealership could take care of your nissan which any third party could greatly take care of that vehicle there's not a lot of out-of-the-box crazy complicated things where you have to drain if they think it takes multiple, multiple oil plugs and takes hundreds of hours to work on bugatti so it's quite the opposite it's pretty rudimentary technologically speaking not that they make some good vehicles but needless to say putting that sticker on to warn people not to work on their own vehicle or take it somewhere else that is clearly the business blunder of the day now thank you everyone for tuning in don't forget if you'd like to see more content like this to like subscribe and comment also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone to stay safe and fight the good fight.